This is Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 226 with guest Lori Harder. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. As always, I am so glad you are here with us today. I was, this morning, I was making some Instagram stories. Do you guys follow me on Instagram? If you don't, I really do think that you should. I don't like to tell people what they should do, but I'm going to do it now. (laughs) You should follow me on Instagram. I love Instagram and I love making Instagram stories And the feedback that I get from y'all is that you really especially love my Instagram stories that feature my dog. And she's, I call her my office mate or my coworker, (laughs) my one, my one coworker. She's home with me all day and I love to sing her songs. And I would have never thought that I would be publicly humiliating myself. No, I'm being dramatic, but I do sing my songs on my Instagram stories to her. Oh my God. She's so funny. And then if you're not familiar with Instagram that much, if you go to like my main feed up in the upper left-hand corner, click my profile picture. If it has like a circle around it, like a rim around it, that means that there's a story for you to watch. And then also in the, at the top of like your main Instagram feed, you'll see a bunch of people's stories. And admittedly, I go to my own main uh, Instagram feed. And you know how some people can create highlights? Well, I think everybody can create them. I don't know. But I've created a bunch of highlights. You can see them there on the main page. And they're named. And the ones that I put together that are just of my dog crack me up so much. I think I'm hilarious. (laughs) It's really her. (laughs) She's just funny. There's one called My Coworker, and then there's one called Dirty Baby, which is like just a montage of all of the Dirty Baby Instagram stories. Anyway, also, you can find updates there in my Instagram stories because right now we're sort of in limbo with the second Daring Way retreat that we opened up because there was a lot of people who put down a deposit, and we're, we're still kind of figuring out all of those people, like who's in, who's decided not to come. And next week, I'm going to officially announce if there are any spots left, but you'll be the first to know if you follow me on Instagram, because I will post over there. I'll post in in my Instagram stories what is actually going on. And of course, if you're on that interest list, if you signed up a while ago on that interest list, you will be the first to know. So of course, I'm so excited about today's guest. Lori Harder is back. She's been on a few times and she is my buddy and I just adore this woman so much. She has a brand new book coming out very soon called A Tribe Called Bliss, and I read it, and I think it's a wonderful self-help book. So we're going to be talking about that during this episode, and then at the end of the episode, I'm going to be telling you, Lori's giving away 10 books to my listeners, to y'all, 10 different people. So find out how to win a copy of one of those books at the end of the episode. I'm sure that you will love this. I'm not going to read her fancy bio. Lori's been on the cover of like 10 fitness magazines. She has like two seven-figure businesses. She's just an all-around amazing 
kind human being. One of the things I love about Lori, this is not in her bio, but I love how she is at, I mean, she's at a top tier level with the the platform that she has, the amount of followers that she has, and she is still so nice to people. She has not reached that place where some people do, where they're like, I'm not going to talk to the little people. She's not like that at all. She's genuinely one of the kindest people I know and so funny and I just adore her. So without further ado, y'all, here is Lori. <laughs> Lori Harder, welcome back to the show, lady. I'm so excited to be here because honestly, I don't you love just having a conversation with your girlfriends and recording it for content? I know. I'm like, do <laughs> I actually get paid to do this? I feel almost like guilty and selfish just because it's the greatest. I know. Well, that's how you should, you know, that's how you should set your life up so that you can have fun. Well, and what a good segue. <laughs> the oh, you. We're about to have, as I was telling people in the intro, this is Lori's third appearance here on the show. I highly encourage you to pop on over to the show notes. There's going to be a lot of interesting things, links in the show notes, I should say, including the two previous episodes that she was on for you to get to know more about her. And you'll understand quickly why she's one of my favorite people. And I'm excited because it is almost time for your brand new baby to come out into the world, a tribe called mm-hmm. Bliss, break through superficial friendships, create real connections, reach your highest potential. So, all right, let's start from the beginning. I, I am, because I was, I was thinking about what I wanted to talk to you about. This book is so important because I'm over here harping on everybody all the time about <laughs> their female friendships and their mm. community and what you like to call your tribe. So I don't even think we need to get into the conversation about why, what it is and why it's so important. I'm pretty sure my audience already knows because again, I'm mm-hmm. lecturing them all the time about it. So. I think that, you know, I was thinking about, okay, what do I hear my people struggle with a lot? And from time to time, I hear that a lot of the women in my community don't have their own tribe because like you Mm -hmm. get to a certain age and you don't have the built-in anymore of college or high school or even sometimes work and things like that. So let's start from there. If we don't have our own community or tribe, how can we start our own? Well, I mean, honestly, and I don't want to refer right to the book right away, like, oh, it's in the book. But that is, I, I, word for word, like I've created even scripts around how to Mm -hmm. create these tribes when you're older, because what, so I moved a lot. So what was happening and I was changing a lot. So as I was evolving and we know that as we evolve, we really need to seek tribes that are either where we want to go. Um, or evolving alongside of us, or you tend to go back to the group of people where you were, because, you know, what fun is it to be making all of these changes and having all these accomplishments if you're constantly celebrating alone and you have no social life anymore because you, um, you know, the people who you were socializing with are doing things that don't align with where you want to go. So it really is like I I was moving all the time as well. And it's like, how does this 30 something year old woman um, go from city to city or move to from the Midwest to LA, which seems like moving from, you know, (laughs) seems like moving to another country to be quite honest with you. It's like, how do I create these friendships of these people who are going to evolve with me and support my goals? And how do I have this conversation? And what does this even look like? And, you know, I, it became my goal because I, I hit this point where even though I was accomplishing my goals, I was really lonely and starting to question, is this worth it? Like, is this worth all of this striving? If it's 
alone and, and, you know, I don't have these people to hang out with or celebrate with. And, and I really believe that women are meant to have women friends as well, because even though I was married, one would think that, oh, you know, your husband's your best friend and that you wouldn't be lonely, but there's this whole part of us that we can't actually access without having women friends. So um, you know, when I moved to California, I made it my absolute goal to create this tribe of women out here. And it took me a couple of years, but by the time that I did, I was really understanding what it would look like. What does it look like that these, that I did, how was I able to create this tribe and how could I apply this, write this in a book and show people that they can really do this wherever they are in the world. So, um, you know, one of the main things that I did was just really reached out on social media because I didn't know what else to do. I was like, what in the world do I do? Um, but I, I needed to learn the language of how does a total stranger reach out to another stranger? It's like asking someone out on a date. It's awkward, <laughs> but necessary. <laughs> it totally is. And it was, you know what I mean? It was weird. And I had to let go of some of, um, you, you have to let go of really caring what people think. And I had to get really honest. So I found that, uh, I was like, okay, how do I connect to another human? And I was like, oh, be a human, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like connect to them on a human level. So I would kind of look around at either hashtags or look at different groups of, um, I would look for groups out here in LA, or I would look at people who were on the soul cycle wall, or I would look at people who were on the orange theory wall. Like I would go to these places where I'm like, okay, well, you know, do I have fitness in common? Do I have business in common? And I would either try to connect with someone or reach out and say, Hey, you know, I'm new to the area. I see that you're doing X, Y, and Z. I'm just looking for a way to kind of connect with like-minded women and see where that conversation went. And then maybe from there be like, you know, I'd love to grab coffee. Literally, I don't want this to infringe on your schedule. I always give people an out. And I think that's really important to let them know that you're going to either come to them, respect their time, not let it go over 30 minutes, um, you know, or an hour or whatever that looks like. Um, and also say, you know, if that's not great timing, don't worry about it. Just really looking to make like-minded connections. Um, so those were some things that I started doing and also started going to classes, like attempting to build community in any way that I could. And you're not going to be able to do it without putting yourself out there. So I think for a lot of women who are feeling really lonely or feeling like they're, you know, they're having trouble going to the next level, because I really believe that tribe takes you from transition to transcending in a much quicker way. So it's, it's about connecting with those people, going to the places, asking, creating these boundaries, and really being clear on what your expectation and what your desire is. Because I think that so many of us are not entering into these relationships because we're afraid that this person that we're meeting might want too much of our time or might mm-hmm. suck our energy or we don't know what they want or do they need to be best friends with us right away or what is this going to look like? And it can be really scary because we project, you know, our past experiences onto this experience if we're not clear. Yeah, I think that that's the tr- that can be the tricky part because typically, not always, but here's what I hear a lot. Tell me if you hear this too, is that the women that in, in, in my circles, in my community, you know, I encourage them and give them strategies like you were just talking about on how to go and meet these new friendships and create these new communities. And then they meet these women that they like, but they're like, well, they're not into personal development as much as I am. And so I get frustrated that I have to be the one who has this conversation and da, 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 da. And I'm like, 
I don't know what else to tell you. Like, mm. <laughs> you were chosen to be, you know, to, to step forward into personal development. You're going to be the one to model it. You're going to be the one mm. to start these hard conversations and to be forward and ask these questions. And so I, do you have better advice than I do? Because I don't mm. think it's very nice that I'm like, you need to just get over it and be. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because when I was writing this book, I'm like, what? Tell me everything. Like, what is stopping all of us from connecting? So I just got this like plethora of this outpouring of like, I didn't even know this tidal wave was coming. I was like, Oh, damn. Okay. So how do I write about all of these things that people have? And that was definitely one of the big ones is, you know, I they're not all like minded, I feel like I'm the one always carrying these people. And it's like, yeah, totally. So, um, you know, I and I, I completely cover that in the book talking about how, um, uh, with, you know, if you are, I, I, I talk, I call it collecting people. So some people might have referred to that as like a negative thing in the past. Like, Oh, what collecting people? Like you're just random. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. a negative connotation. And the thing is, is that you are going to have a few main characters in your life. And if you don't have the supporting cast by collecting people for what they show up as in your life, like you're, your lead characters can't show up as who they really are either because you're relying on them for everything. So I always look at those people who, who I meet and I'm like, you know, they're not, they're not really into self-development, but what I did notice is that, um, this woman is really brilliant around like expressing herself and Mm -hmm. fashion. And, you know, maybe she just is, is this amazing woman for all of these other things that I'm really interested in decorating my home. Um, maybe she's really great at gardening and I've had an interest in that or writing a book or maybe she, you know, gets out there and really does, um, adventurous things. Like now I have all of these people in my life that I allow them to show up as who they are and what they're good for in my life, like being themselves. So I think that's the first part is, not having the expectation that every single person has this checklist of like a boyfriend, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're going down to the, does she have this? Does she have this? Does she have this? Does she No, there? We're not going to like, we're all going to let each other down. If we think we have this checklist of, are they our best friend or not? So, and that was my whole thing is if they didn't match up everything, I would be disappointed. It was like, well, this is not like a ride or die. Yeah. Yeah. So she's not it. Mm. So allowing these different women to show up in my life, like this is the woman that I go to when I want to just be spiritual and analyze the crap out of everything. But she's not the woman I go to when I want to drink champagne and listen to like music and hang out on the beach. Like that's just not her. She's never going to be that. So it's kind of allowing these people and knowing where to go. Um, and also knowing that we can all get along together if we take off that expectation. Like I have tribes where there's so many diverse women, but we all know that we all fill a certain role Mm -hmm. and we don't have to be into everything, but we can all, um, kind of bond over the same idea of wanting to know about each other. So the book has like series of questions that is going to take you and that person that you might not feel really deeply connected to, or you might not have personal development in common. And you can go through some exercises and be like, wow, okay, we just connected because we asked each other these questions that help us go to the next layer that maybe you're not into personal development, but I had no idea you were into this. And this is so interesting to me. So we're just, we're, if we don't see something right away, it's like we're bypassing the people that I think can, oftentimes offer us even more value than the person who is like-minded. Yes. Well, okay. So many things that I want to touch on, but but first I want to remind people that there is a giveaway at the, we'll tell you everything at the end of this 
podcast episode. So stay tuned. And I can't even tell you how much I love this book, Lori. Like, I don't want everybody to read it. It's it's packed full of so much important information. There's there's no fluff in this. What One of the things I can't stand about self-help is when you can tell somebody was trying to fill a word count and it's just like mm. glitter in there, like <laughs> fluff. And this book does not have that at all. I mean, everything is in there for a reason. And Circling back to what you just said, I feel like, isn't it there? I feel like in our friendships, I don't want to be someone's everything. That is exhausting. Mm-hmm. I oh my God, yeah. want my, I, I, I feel like it would be so much pressure to be that one person for, oh God, it just like makes me tired just thinking about it. And so mm-hmm. I think that's such great advice. And one of the things, well, I just want to say this too, just about the book in general and bouncing around because I'm so excited. But one <laughs> of the things was, I think it's in the very first when the, when the book kicks off and it's chapter one, Born for Bliss, is that what it's called? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. When you start telling your story and I was so sucked in. So I, I got, you know, full disclosure, I got an advanced copy and I, or they call it advanced copy. I always want to call it advanced copy because it seems grammatically correct, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> but it's not. So I was standing in my bedroom, um, like flipped it open and started reading and like sat down on the ground and like kept reading and kept reading. And please write a memoir because I wanted you to finish the story. <laughs> I was like, oh. no. Don't move I, on you to know, the self-help yet. <laughs> that was like one of my favorite parts. And I was like, okay, but I have to, okay, turn. Okay, pivot. Keep yeah. going. <laughs> the hard the hard part of, of writing self-help. It's like how much of your story do you put in and how much of I the know. actual content. But I was just, it was riveting. It was really, really interesting. And I had no idea about some of the things that had happened to you. And I'm sure that everyone listening can relate to uh, the things that happened in, in friendships and and trauma in your life and, and things like that. So I won't say any more because I want everybody to read it. Section two, I don't think that any of the sections are my favorite, but I'm going to say it was it jumped out at me and I love how it's set up and that you call this the seven sacred agreements, the new way of being. And I I want to talk about all of them, but we don't have time. <laughs> so let me um, – okay. You know what I think we haven't talked about a whole lot? I've just touched on this topic on the podcast is let's talk about gossip. It is mm. your agreement number three. So tell us why you feel like that is so important. I mean, it's kind of obvious, duh. But but let us in on, on Lori Harder's uh, expertise on that topic around friendships. Mm, well, I, you know, this was when I started writing this chapter, I was, it, it was so near and dear because I, number one, have definitely gossiped about people. We all mm-hmm. have. We all have. Um, you know, I've done light gossip. I've done malicious gossip. I've done it all. Um, but I have also been like feasted on. So I have been the center of some seriously malicious gossip. Um, now, would that make you the gossipy? Uh, yeah, I guess it would. <laughs> I, I call it, it makes you the feast. Like I've feasted feast. on people and I yes. have been the feast. So yeah. And it was uh, honestly, it was a year of my life and it was women that I, they were my legit. It was the first tribe that I actually really let into my life. So that's why this book is even more like seriously near and dear. I think every single woman has experienced it. So, and these were women that the the first group I really let in after a long time of letting my walls down. And then because we were basically all somewhat in the same business and so many things happened that I think ended up 
you know, kind of triggering this for people. And I can even look back and see it. I mean, now I have so much compassion and some of the people are back in my life and it's a, it's a beautiful thing, but we had so much to work through. But for a year of my life, because of what was going on, it was like, I did not want to get out of bed. I, I just, I didn't understand how it was happening. And I felt like, I mean, the thoughts that go through your head when you feel like the people who know and love you the most are now turning on you and saying horrible things. It's like you don't you don't actually know what to do. So uh, honestly, that's when I found Marianne Williamson's A Return to Love and it completely changed my life. And Mm -hmm. this is actually where the Bliss Project came out of is if that would not have happened to me uh, out of the darkest hour, the most beautiful thing in my life, you know, has come out of it, which is my live event, which from the live event is why the book um, had gotten written. So why is gossip so important to talk about? It's because we, we know it's important not to do it, but we don't get what we're actually doing. You guys, gossip is like the intentional killing of another person's soul. And we, and I, I say that because I don't want you to take it lightly because words are, words can either give life or they can truly take away someone's life. I mean, and I think it's I think it's time that we start understanding what we are doing when we say malicious words is that could actually harm someone to the point where we don't know what they're thinking or doing in their mind because people and words are everything mm-hmm. and it's what we live and die by. So truly, you know, think of a time when someone's giving you life by breathing life into you, saying something to you, and it does change your life. It's like all of a sudden you can do anything and you have all of the energy and vitality in the world. You could run through a wall because of one sentence from someone that meant something to you. So imagine what, you know, we can do on the extreme other end. Um, so I, I, I really dive into talking about what is good gossip, because I do believe there's good gossip when you're trying to get to the other side and what that looks like and really having the intention of, um, you know, I need to talk about this and what happened with this person and asking that person, are you a safe space for me to talk about this with where this isn't going to go anywhere? If we could just talk with the intention of you helping me get through to the other side and maybe forgive this person or find peace or find an answer. And that's when you can gossip. You know, maybe you have two girlfriends who you need to talk about something with, even though this other person is the topic of conversation. And then there's the malicious kind where you are out you're upset about something. They did something to you, even if it was the worst thing in the world. And now you're out to strip them of everything that they have and hurt them with your words. And it's an energetic boomerang. So no matter how much you hate that person, no matter what they did, it's really coming back to you. And it's always a reflection. Like gossip speaks so much louder than, you know, energy or anything. It it, it speaks louder than anything ever could. So when someone's gossiping to me maliciously about someone, I immediately shut down. Like I'll say something to them or shut the door or walk away because I know that if they're doing it with me, I'm about to be the feast. (laughs) Like they will go and do the same thing to me. It's just it's like rule of thumb. That's the first thing that I know about someone is if they're gossiping and this is what their main thing is, you will absolutely, it will be your turn. No matter how close you think you are to that person, you will have a turn there as well. I agree. I want to, I want to tag onto that in that I, I also think that it can be, cause I've been um, in a group of people, a circle of women. And there was one woman who was a friend of a, a good friend of mine. And she knew a really juicy story. So it wasn't malicious necessarily. She knew a really mm-hmm. juicy story about another woman in our circle. And 
I and she started telling it and I immediately felt so uncomfortable and I was like, oh my God, like I totally recognized it as gossip. And mm. that person wasn't there. And I just felt like I'm like, she probably would not appreciate if this person and then my next thought was, wait a minute, I've told her personal things about mm. my life. How do I know she's not? Oh shit. So it just fe- everything fell apart. And I actually interrupted her and I know that I embarrassed her. And I just said, you know what? She's not here. And it makes me really uncomfortable to hear this story. I don't, I don't think that I want to hear it. And it mm. was a really juicy story. Like, trust me, <laughs> it was, but it was the principle of it. And it was so uncomfortable. Like it immediately changed the energy in the circle and and to me, it just felt like I feel in those situations and maybe even the ones that you described where it's malicious, hurtful stuff, that it's a it's sadly it's a bid for connection. I mm-hmm. think that a lot of times the person telling the story, the person spreading the gossip is thinking, I know this piece of information that nobody else does and they're going to be mm-hmm. interested in it. So if I tell this story, we are connecting on some level. And oh, mm-hmm. it's just a shitty way to connect, though. So just be aware of it. That's my advice for people. You know, and I, I feel like we've all done that where you just, you know, it's a cheap way to connect because um, it's quick, right? All of a sudden you're in the inner circle, like where, you know, you know something that other people don't. And it's it's harder to connect over the real stuff. It's harder to connect yeah. over the more powerful, soulful stuff because that would mean she would need to be getting more vulnerable and not using someone else's vulnerability, you know? So it's really um, understanding like, wow, it is harder to connect. Like that's a quick, cheap way. Um, but it's also, you feel like crap afterward. If you feel immediately, like you feel guilty or you feel a little bit bad or you're like, Oh, I hope that doesn't go anywhere. I would feel really awful if that got out. Like why even bring that into, I feel like it's taking these beautiful, clean relationships that can really evolve and take each other to the next level and and tainting them a little bit. Mm -hmm. It kind of does it. You're kind of like, Oh, that doesn't feel as good as I would like this relationship to feel. Yeah. And unfortunately, my relationship with that person has has changed and I had to come to terms with it and just like we're still mm-hmm. friends, but I don't share super personal details and information with that person. And now I'm okay with it. It was sad at first, but I'm like, all right, you know, like you were saying in the beginning, that friend, I I have her for different things in my life and it's not mm-hmm. the personal deep stuff anymore. That's okay. Right. Right. Which can be sad. Well, okay. So tell me about in in the book, you talk about a friend that you had from when you were younger. You you called her Brie, and how that friendship over time changed, and sort of like how you came to terms with that. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because I feel like I talk to women who have had these friendships, like sometimes they're they're childhood friendships, mm. and they change, and they either don't know how to don't know how to like have the conversation, you know, like, hey, can we kind of debrief like where we're at now as adult women, or they don't know how to walk away from the friendship. So can you talk about either how you dealt with that friendship mm-hmm. of your own or just in general, what do women do with that? Oh, uh, I, well, I mean, you know, growing up, I had, I had a couple good friends, but this, this one in particular, it was always that relationship. And I don't know if you guys can relate where, um, I felt like I was always chasing her. Like I was always mm-hmm. yearning to be her friend because she was like the popular funny, like every, I don't care who met her. It was like, she was the girl who was always on a vacation, but like never on her dime because people just 
wanted her with them. Um, and it was like, I would have plans with her and they would get canceled. And, and I was always that person who was just like kind of strung along, but, uh, and that, and that just kind of describes how I thought relationships were Mm -hmm. because that was my, you know, from the first, like what I would call a real best friend, at like 13 or 14 advice that I was getting, uh, from her was don't talk about it. I can't talk about it. It makes feel bad. And so it was like shutting down. I I audibly Mm -hmm. gasped out loud when Mm -hmm. I read that in your book that she, that that was her solution and that Mm -hmm. was how she showed up for you. And she was probably doing the best she could. That's what she did. Honestly, I look at it and I'm like, oh my God, this is what she did. She had a couple traumatic experiences in her life. And she was like, you know what? I just don't talk about them and they go away. And I'm like, they're not going away, sister. (laughs) They are coming back in your life. So I could kind of see that in her life too. But for some reason, I just thought, you know, cause I still put her, I put her on a pedestal, you know, because mm-hmm. I thought if I can just be like her and be her friend and whatever that looks like, because so many people loved her that people would love me too. And that just was not the case. So I would just do, you know, I was like, okay, if that's, if that's what she says and that's what she's doing, that's what I'm going to do. Um, and that did not work. And in years, years later, as that friendship, like we, it just kind of started to fizzle out because she was never there. She was just never there for me yeah. anymore. So I, I had to actually move out of that relationship pretty abruptly. Like I kind of just stopped, you know, calling and asking and because I was always chasing it went, it fizzled fast because I, she wasn't, you weren't there to put in the effort and she wasn't chasing. So it was like, okay, well that's done. And it was painful and it sucked. And, you know, because the one person that I really feel like knew me growing up, even though she didn't really know me looking back, it was like, now I didn't have any real connections to my past, you know, because growing up in that more restrictive religion, she was the one person that I did share anything with. Um, so it's kind of like, I also had this place to become whoever I wanted to be. So you can kind of look at it that way. Like, yes, you might lose these relationships that were from your past and, you know, you went through all of these hard times with potentially, but at the same time, you have this big open like area that you can now step into creating relationships on terms that you want to create them. Like you can show up as yourself and have a relationship that people see you as you from the beginning. I think that it's so interesting to, to hear other women's stories about friendships that they've had when they were younger and, you know, that everybody – I'm a true believer that everybody is doing the best mm-hmm. they can with what they have. And sometimes people's best is shit. <laughs> and I had a friendship – I talked about this on a podcast episode in February, if anybody caught my, my daily diaries back then. I had a, a friend who – was I met her just a couple of months after I married my first husband. So she was with me through the whole tumultuous mm. ordeal I had in 06. And, you know, when my husband had an affair, got her neighbor pregnant, then I dated the guy who faked cancer and um, all of that. She was there. And then we kind of had a falling out. And anyway, it did sort of fizzle out because I moved in other other instances. And then she came back into my life just last year. Mm. So I had already grieved her. And then she came back and then I was like, I had to decide what do I want to do? And I, and I had to be really transparent. So it was the first time she and I, and we'd been apart for kind of a decade, no, somewhere around there, but we had both grown a lot and were able to have these, that really hard conversation of her telling me all the shit that I had done to her that I kind of knew, but didn't, hadn't, nobody had articulated it to me, which was kind of like a punch in the mouth, but it was true. And then me saying, I can't have you leave me again the way that you did. 
So if we are going to be friends again, if something goes wrong, I ha- you have to be honest with me because I just you can't leave me guessing. She ghosted me mm. basically. And so we had a very tearful lunch and cried and and apologized and forgave each other and and it's like kind of like we're back together. Like the band is back together. It's so weird. Mm. And the way she described it, she's like, who knows, maybe we – and she like did this thing with her hands, like a backwards hourglass. She's like, maybe we kind of needed to come apart mm. in order to come back together. And it was really beautiful and as I described in that other podcast episode, it doesn't always work out that way. Like I really expect – I had let go of that friendship and in some ways it felt like I was digging up a dead body. Mm. And I know that sounds really dramatic, but I think that we grieve our female friendships so hard sometimes. And it's not a thing that a lot of people talk Mm -hmm. about. We talk about grieving the loss of our intimate and romantic partnerships. But our girlfriends, I think, can be just just as devastating, sometimes if not more devastating. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But we don't leave a lot of room for that, Mm -hmm. I feel like. I think it's so important that you just said that because we can feel – I feel like with a – you know, with a guy, sometimes we can see where the falling out was, or we can see why they, you know, not why, but we can see that they maybe got distracted by another woman or that they're, you know, this woman had these qualities, but with a friend, you're like, what, why couldn't you just be friends with them too? And me and Mm -hmm. what, like what changed, what, what made you feel so rejected by, and so we question ourselves, right? Like what was so wrong with me that we still can't be friends? We're like, you know, with a partner, you're like, well, he's with another person or she's with another person. Like it just makes sense. But with a woman, you're like, why can't there's, isn't there room for all of us? for everybody at the table. (laughs) Exactly. So it can be even more like crushing. And I think that's really important because we do think that we, we, when we enter into a relationship, we're almost like sisters, you know, that like, this is, I'm going to share my secrets with you. I want to just go there and have you for life. Like, And that's the thing is we're entering into these relationships with zero agreements. Like, so, you know, it's, it's the idea of, it's like they can just leave when they want to. And that's kind of traumatic as well. It's like, can we have like some sort of agreement where we're going to be there for each other? If we, um, you know, if you do get into like more of a deep relationship where you say, I want to be here for you as much as I possibly can. And here's what it looks like. And if things get hard, let's see if we can run it through these agreements first. Like, let's see if we can take this problem that has come up through these agreements. And if not, let's at least have a conversation where you can part ways and I can part ways without feeling like we've lost ourselves. And that's what the book Mm -hmm. is. It's like, let's have these uncomfortable conversations by starting in the beginning with an agreement of, Yes, let's try to have a really long-term, deep, lasting connection. But if for some reason we can't, let's have a conversation about that too. So we can each leave not feeling, you know, devastated. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. Okay, so everybody, I'm just going to read really quick what the seven sacred agreements are because I want to, I want everybody to be as excited about this book as I am. So uh, always be your own guru, release expectations, no gossip, don't take it personal, few Fierce boundaries, be authentic, fuck yourself and everyone else, which it's not <laughs> fuck yourself, it's F yourself. I just thought it would be funny it if I said that. So you have to read the book to find out what that F word actually is. And I have one more question for you before we wrap up, and we're going to tell everyone how they can win a free copy of the book. So my last question is super gen- super general what can people expect this book to do for their lives? Uh, I think it's going to completely surprise you on how easy it is to create uh, 
um, deep lasting connections with women and also what those connections are going to do for your life, uh, accelerate you to where you want to go or how you want to feel faster than you can imagine. If you follow the, the steps and the tools in this book. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, everyone, the book is A Tribe Called Bliss. Break through superficial friendships, create real connections, reach your highest potential. It is available May 8th, but you can pre-order now, probably online, wherever books are sold, yes. right? Amazon, Target, all those places. Mm-hmm. Okay. So – uh, Lori is generously giving away 10 free books to my listeners. So what you're going to do is you're going to go to loriharder.com slash free book. That's all one word and enter code YKAL. And even if you don't win a free book, everybody that signs up there who's in the drawing gets access to a free workshop that you're doing. What is the free workshop again? Remind it's me. It's all about tribe and the seven sacred agreements. So you guys get to get the inside scoop on all the juicy um, agreements that you'll learn about. So even if you don't get the book, you can get the workshop. I'm assuming you're teaching it, right? Yes, okay. I'm teaching it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to hang out for an hour and you get to learn all the good stuff with that. Live online workshop with the Lori Harder. So all of that information that I just mentioned is going to be in the show notes, everybody, so you can jump on over there. Lori Harder, A Tribe Called Bliss. Everyone go out and buy it. Check the show notes to win a free copy. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, I'm so grateful for you and I'm excited to connect again. And I just, I love that we always kind of show up in each other's lives and, and really know what's, uh, you know, you went on your um, book tour recently and I just, you've been such an inspiration for me with your books and how you put yourself out there so vulnerably. Um, and also it, it just helps you connect with women. And that's been a beautiful journey to watch as well. Oh, thank you. And everybody out there listening, thank you so much for being here. I know how precious and valuable your time is, and I'm so incredibly grateful that you choose to spend it with me and my guests. And until next time, ass kickers, I will see you all out in cyberspace. Bye-bye.